Once again, good afternoon, Ignite Church. And to my Ignite family online, good afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning into this service. And you guys, thank you for coming in person, right? It's always a joy to be in our Father's house. And for those that are here for the first time, I saw a lot of you. I was so excited. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for spending your afternoon with us here at the Ignite Church. My name is Coco, and it gives me um, great honor to be able to share the word of God um, this afternoon. It's something that I do not take lightly. I'm grateful for the grace of God to be counted worthy to do such a daunting assignment. And um, I just want to take this opportunity as well to celebrate Pastor Wale and Pastor Tokpe for this opportunity as well. Um, for those who, I'm sure you're wondering who are these people, these are our senior pastors. Um, they've been amazing shepherds to us, empowering us to make full expression of our global destiny. So, and I'm sure, you know, over the course of your stay here, you will get the opportunity to meet both of them. So, Today is, a, today is an important day because what we're going to discuss about, um, you know, I'm sure it's something that you would have heard before, but, you know, like Paul said, for me to say it again, it's not tedious, but for you, it's a safe. So, you know, I just ask that as the word comes forth, just open up your heart um, because if it's coming back again, it means that there's some things that you and I, though we think we know, we don't know as we ought to know. Okay. All right. So let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you all the glory. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you because you're a good God. Spirit of the living God, where would we go? You have the word of life. We ask in the name of Jesus that you will speak to our hearts, that the things that we do not know as we ought to know, please teach us in the name of Jesus. We ask, oh God, that that at the end, O oh God, of this service, we will leave this place with a deeper sense of trust in you, O oh God, that our faith will rise, O oh Lord, and that, Lord, we'll be empowered, O oh God, to continue to remain on the straight and narrow in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we've prayed, amen. All right, can I please have my slides? All right. Okay, I'm sure it's going to come somewhere. All right, so today we're going to look at the topic of baptism, right? Um, so I'm sure, you know, when we think baptism, the first thing that mostly comes to mind will be water baptism, right? So, you know, being immersed into the water. But the Bible tells us um, that there are different types that there are different types of baptism, of which water baptism is, in fact, one of them. Now, it's important to note that baptism is one of the six foundational teaching, according to Hebrew, the six foundational teaching of Christianity, according to the book of Hebrews 6, verse 1 to 3. Can I please have another clicker? Oh, there we go. All right, so, and it says, now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon. So we don't need a new one, it has already been laid. And what is that foundation? Turning away from dead works, so that's repentance from dead works, to embrace faith in God. So faith is the second one. Teaching about different baptism, so baptism is a third one, impartation by laying on of hands, which is the fourth one, resurrection of the dead, which is the fifth one, and then eternal judgment. So with God's enablement, we will move on to deeper truths. 
So again, we see here that the six foundational teachings um, of Christianity has been laid out for us. And again, it says it has already been laid. So that means that any other foundation that you and I will attempt to lay would only shipwreck our faith because the foundation has already been laid. Okay? All right. And so the Bible tells us that there are different types of baptism, right? And as kingdom citizens, knowing them will contribute to the strength of our faith. Knowing them contributes to the strength of our Christian foundation so that you and I don't encounter what I call faith failure, okay? So what are the three types of baptism? Now, it's very, this study, like I said, is very important because, you know, again, there's some things that we think that we know, but we might not know as we ought to know. And the Bible, and here we're going to take a look at three of them, right? So the first one is baptism into Christ and his body, okay? The second one that we're going to take a look at is water baptism, which is the one that we're most um, familiar with. And the third one is baptism in baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is evident by speaking in tongues. So let's take a look at the first one. Baptism into Christ and his body. Now, baptism into Christ and his body is what happens to us at salvation. Sorry, can I please have another clicker? Thank you. So this is what happens to us um, when we give our life to Christ when we give our life to Christ at salvation. So what happens is that when you and I, we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, what happens is that we're engrafted into the family of Jesus Christ. So everything that we wear up until that moment becomes irrelevant because now we're now in Christ Jesus. That's why the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation right? The old moral, the old spiritual way is completely dealt away with because now there is a new order in command, all right? And the good news is that saving, so salvation, it is all God's idea, right? All you and I do is just put our faith, put our trust in what Jesus has already done for us at Calvary. So salvation is not by work. So God does not love you and I more because we do the right thing. He made up his mind about you and I way before we even came to the realization that we needed God. Right? Because the Bible says, though, when we, though we were dead in our trespasses, he had already made up his mind concerning us. Okay? But, but the reason for salvation is because God wants to be in a relationship with you and I. All right? So we were created by God and, it's, and he wants us to be in that relationship with him. So again, saving is all God's idea. All we, you and I do, is put our trust in the finished work of Christ by being believing that Jesus died and raised and he rose on the third day for you and I by accepting him as his Lord and Savior and we confess that with our mouth because it can you cannot be saved in your heart okay you have to activate your salvation with your mouth because faith is voice activated okay so like I said, we're saved by grace, so that's God's work through faith, us believing. So there's no reason to boast, right? So that's why, you know, as Christians, we're not, like, there's nothing to boast, right? Because we did not do anything to deserve it. Salvation is a gift that was purchased with the blood of Jesus so that we can have the benefits of it, okay? 
So that's why the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, in the TPT says, For by one spirit we, we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, so whether we're Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. All right, so that's the beauty of being in Christ is that we all have that privilege. We all have access to God through the blood of Jesus. So that's why we say in the kingdom of God, there's no superstar. So when we say, when you know, when you hear somebody say, oh, God spoke to me, like, it's not a wow thing in the kingdom. And I'll tell you why, because for a father to speak to their children, that's normal, right? So it's the same thing. So when you hear people say, oh, God spoke to me, many a times, like, oh, that person is so deep. No, the person is not deep. It's just normal. Like fathers talk to their children, and that's the same thing with us in the kingdom. Our father speaks to us, okay? So, and that is one of the privileges that we have in the kingdom, is that we can speak to God. We don't need protocol. You know, we don't need somebody to intercede on our behalf. Don't get me wrong, there is a place for that in, within the kingdom to help us move in our destiny. But fundamentally, you and I are expected to have a thriving and vibrant relationship with God. So when we, again, so when we accept God, confess with our mouth, we're immersed, we're baptized into God's family, okay? Ephesians 1 verse 22 to 23, CEV says, God has put all things under the power of Christ and for the good of the church, he has made him the head of everything. The church is the body of Christ and is filled with Christ who completely fills everything. So this, is, this basically means that the church is peripheral to the world. Okay, so you and I, when we say the church, right, obviously it's the building, right, but it means you and I as individuals, because the Bible tells us here, the church is the body of Christ, and I said earlier, when we give our life to Jesus, right, we are engrafted in the body of Christ. So when we give our life to Jesus, we become the church, and who is our head? Who is our head? All right, so that's amazing, that's actually good news, because... So for example, on your passport, right? Is it your body? It's just your head, right? But just by seeing your head, they let your whole body in, right? So that means that when you, when you and I become the body of Christ, wherever Christ goes, we have access. So that means that if you're not in the body of Christ, you're limited, you have limited access. Okay, so that's why it's so important for us to actually be in the body of Christ. Because then, you know, what looks like, you know, a stumbling, what, what looks like, um, ter- you know, like, an, like a dead end for an unbeliever, for you and I, it's not a dead end. Because Jesus is the way, right? Where there is no way, he will create a way, right? He's the truth, he's the life, right? So where unbelievers, because you and I were in the body of Christ, so where unbelievers experience dead end, you know, situations don't move, for you, for you and I, it's different, right? That's why the Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 37, for Corinth, Chakute, what a different story. Wonderful future with a happy ending. Because in the body, we have access. Wherever Jesus can go, we as well can go. And you would agree with me that Jesus is not limited, right? I mean, how do you limit a spirit? Do you hold the spirit? You can't like hold it with your hand, right? So it's the same concept, okay? So again, Jesus is the head, 
right? So if you're not in the body, you cannot enjoy the benefits of having Jesus as your head. Okay, Galatians 3, 9 to 10, and I'm reading in the message translation. So those now who live by faith are blessed along with Abraham who lived by faith. This is no new doctrine. And that means that anyone who tries to live by his own efforts in dependence of God is doomed to failure. Scripture backs this up. Utterly curses every person that fails to carry, to carry out every detail written in the book of the law. I just can, um, technically, can you just put the part where it says, and that means that anyone who tries to live by his own effort, independent of God, is doomed to failure. Just, yeah, there we go. Independent of God is doomed to failure. So what does that mean? If you're not in a relationship with God, your end is determined. Okay? So it's not something that you have to pray for or that you have to pray against. Because the Bible tells us here that any person that attempts to do life without any form of dependence on God, that person is doomed to failure. Okay, And the thing with the scriptures is that the scripture is not superior. The scripture is supreme. It's not the same thing. Supreme means that when it speaks, whatever was spoken before becomes irrelevant. Okay, And here it tells us that independent of God, your end is predetermined. Okay? So Ephesians 1 verse 11 to 12 and we're going to go through a lot of scriptures because this is church, right? And the scripture is our MO, okay? The scripture is, is, by, is the manner by which we do our life. So it's important that as we're going through the scripture, I encourage you to also open it up for yourself. Be a burying Christian. Don't just take my word for it, right? Open it up for yourself so that you are able to confirm what I'm saying, okay? So Ephesians um, 1 verse 11 to 12 in the message translation, it says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he's working out in everything and in everyone. In the TPT translation, the, that first um, sentence says, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny. So you are predetermined, you're not a mistake, you're not happenstance. Irrespective of the channels in which you came through, you are not happenstance. God has a very, very um, detailed quality assurance process to see to it that every of his creation that he deploys here on earth goes through that process. So before, you know, your parents came together and you were born, God had already checked you out and he said concerning you that you are a good thing. Okay, you are a good thing. Because God had your destiny in mind before you were born. So it's not that, you know, now that you're in university, he's trying to figure out, oh, you know, what will she study? Is it mathematics? Is it um, engineering? No, God had your destiny already planned. It's a, that's what, that's what the Bible says, you were pre, um, pre, uh, predestined. Okay, so you, your whole life was thought of by God before you showed up on the scene. Okay, so that is one of the beauty about being in the kingdom. 
So very respectfully to our parents, right? They didn't necessarily create us because God is the creator, but they just happened to be channels through which we were deployed here on earth. So again, you are not a mistake, okay? Tell your neighbor, I am not a mistake. I am not a mistake. I am a good thing. And this is important because what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us that you are wonderfully and fearfully made. You are the apple of God's eye, right? So there's no defect about you. Even the the quirkiness that you have that people are like, okay, like your own is too much. It was predetermined, okay? Because it is customized to your destiny. It is customized to your calling. Okay, so we were predestined. And it is in Christ that we know, like the scripture says, we find out who we are. Right, we said, um, Timmy came up, we did uh, welcome. He said, here at the Ignite Church, one of our pillars is what discovery of purpose. Right? You guys heard that piece, discovery of purpose? It's founded on the word of God. Right? Because it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for, our purpose. John 15, verse 6, it says, If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. I'm reading in the TPT. So it means that when you're not in Christ, right, you're discarded because you're not joined. Okay, and you can only be fruitful as, as, um, as you're joined to Jesus. Okay, that's what the Bible says, you know, abide in me, um, abide in me and, your, and my word in you, then you will be fruitful. So the fruitfulness actually is just a, a, an effect or should I say is, is a byproduct of our relationship with God. Okay, so we don't struggle to be fruitful. Right? Because like I said, fruitfulness is just a byproduct of the quality of our relationship with God. All right? So that goes on to say that, you know, as global, we can't really, I mean, it would be a bit of, um, it won't be right, right, to call yourself a global leader, but you're now, you're not in the body, right? Because what destiny are you manifesting? Right? Because like, like we saw in the scripture, it's only when you are in Christ that you know what you're doing, you know um, where you're going, you know what your destiny is. So again, in the body of Christ, another, another benefit is that we're brothers and sisters, right? You know, I'm sure you've heard, um, you know, maybe for, for some of us that our parents maybe go to house of praise, you always hear them say, oh, brother, so-and-so, sister, so-and-so. And not to us, it's like, eh, it's a bit cringe, right? But the truth of the matter is that it's actually founded on scripture. Because, because when we give our life to Christ, we're now part of God's family. And God's family is really big, right? So we have brothers and sisters literally all over the world and what gives us witness is the Holy Spirit in you. Have you ever walked, like said, maybe downtown, right? And I mean, obviously, Christian is not written on your face, but maybe you just bump into a conversation with someone and the person just says something, your spirit is like, ah, she feels like one of us. Has that happened to you? It's the witness of the spirit because because when we're in the spirit, we become one. So you're able to spot, ah, that's my sister. Just from the way she moves, I can tell she's from Zion. Right? Because, it's, because the Bible says, I will make a clear distinction between those who serve me and those who don't. So it's clear. You can tell. The witness of the Spirit will tell you. Right? And also, 
to take it to the foundation of it is that by the fruits of them, by the fruits of, the, of their spirit, you also be able to know, okay, ah, she's, she's from the kingdom, she's one of us, right? Or he's one of us. Because the Bible said, by their fruits, you will know them, okay? So in the kingdom of God, we are brothers and we are sisters as well. So again, the beauty of being in the kingdom is that each and every one of us, we are a part of the body, okay? So we are a part of the body. Now, if you stay apart from the body, your parts become irrelevant. I'll try that again. So in the body of Christ, you and I, we have specific parts that we need to play, okay? Now, if you say, oh, okay, um, I'm not the eye because I'm not on the head. I want to be the eye, but God has put me as the feet. You say, okay, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the feet anymore. You separate yourself. What will happen? You will die because blood will not flow through you. So that's the same thing that happens. When we separate from, so when we, when we take ourselves apart from the body, whatever part we were given no longer matters. Because you're not part of the body. Because we get our sense of identity, our sense of purpose by being part of the body. So, like, you know, and the Bible, actually, let me read the scripture because I think, I think that will shed um, a lot more light. Right? And it goes on to say, I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6, and I'm reading in the message. It says, God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is giving something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. So what does that mean? It means that, let's take the example of the eye and the feet, right? So if God, right, based on his design and based on his purpose, based on his plan, he had decided, okay, you know what? Jackie, you're going to be the feet, okay? That's going to be your part. Now, Jackie says, no, she wants to be the eye because you cannot apply eyeshadow on the feet. Okay, okay? No, very simple. What God is going to do is no problem. He will remove Jackie to the side, okay? But then it doesn't benefit the body because at the end of the day, we can't walk, right? So, it's, so the body functions optimally when every part of the body functions optimally okay so whatever it is whatever part God has given you and I to play it is our responsibility to play that part like our life depends on it because truly truly our life actually depends on it all right because again you just think about it fully body right if your toe starts to hurt you cannot wear shoe right Okay, so you cannot wear shoe. The buff up that you wanted to put together, now you now have to be limping. It's not, it's off brand, right? Like, it's not, it's not on brand, right? So that just goes to show that the parts that, are, that, that seemingly do not necessarily have light or are not in the spotlight are equally important, if not even more important, because the full body needs to function optimally. 
So wherever it is, so I'm going to take the workforce, for example, wherever it is that you get placed, serve there. Let me say it again. You did not hear me well. Wherever it is that you get placed, be diligent there. Because God is not going to entrust any other assignment until he sees your diligence in, in the path that he has given you. Okay? So that is important. Because let's say, for example, if you are, you know, at meters and greeters, right? You've been posted there. But you say, oh, I don't like it. I'm not a social person. You know, people will just be asking me questions. No problem. You know, you've been praying, oh God, you know, send me my boys, all of that. What if God now puts that appointment there? Ah, somebody say, yo. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right? It's true. It's true. Right? You've gone to singles retreat. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Do it for me, Lord. Do it for me, Lord. Do it for me, Lord. And then God actually does it for you. But then on your, the day of salvation, nowhere to be found. Because you are upset. You know, this, this meters and greeters, the door is even cold. It's getting cold now. Please, let's get to deeper truths, amen? Yeah, let's not be, let's not use our hand to do ourselves. All right? So that is the importance, you know, of everybody doing their part within, within the body, okay? Um, let's read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25 to 31. And I'm reading in the message translation. It says, the way God designed our body is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part depends on every other part. I depend on you doing your part. You depend on me doing my part. Amen? The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. So using the head, right? The example of the head on the passport, wherever um, Jesus goes, the body goes as well. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the, the parts that God has formed in his church, which is his body. Apostle, prophets, teacher, miracle workers, healers, helper, organizer, those who pray in tongues. But it's obvious by now, isn't it, that Christ's church is a complete body and not a gigantic unidimensional part. It's not all apostle, not all prophets, not all miracle workers, not all healers, not all prayers in tongues, and not all interpreters of tongues. And yet some of you keep competing for the so-called important parts. Everybody has their parts. Do your part. Tell your neighbor, do your part. I need you to do your part. Please, we all just need to do our part. We all cannot be pastors. We all cannot be apostles. Where is the congregation? <laughs> Have you ever thought of that? We all just can't. Right? And the good thing is that it's not us that decides. This is a God-given design. So God in his infinite wisdom, in his great plan, based on his purpose, he's the one that chooses. We read it before in 1 Corinthians, and I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 12. It actually talks, the whole chapter just talks about how the church functions, okay? We are all given a part to do, 
and it's given by God. Right? So it's not a, you don't lobby yourself into it. It's God given. So if God has chosen that, you know what? My daughter Carla, she's going to be um, the next Picasso. Me now, I cannot say, oh, I want to be Picasso. I'm going to draw. I'm going to paint. I'm not called to paint. My destiny is not in painting. It's true. Right? My destiny is not in painting. Right? So do your part. Please tell your neighbor again, do your part. So it's in all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together in the body that makes things work. So in the body of Christ, what, is that, what actually happens is that we're all equal in value but different in function. So because somebody, you know, is visible or whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're more valuable than you are. The same blood of Jesus that was shed for them, exact same blood that was shed for you. So the value is the same. Okay, but then the function might differ, actually differs, not might, it differs, right? And, it, and it's only put that way so that the body can function. The Bible says everyone gets in on it, so we are all benefiting from everybody doing their part, okay? And, you know, the Bible tells us in Galatians 5 verse 26, in the message translation at the bottom, it says, each of us is an original. So in the kingdom of God, we don't copy-copy. No copy, copy. Each and every one of us, you see? Each of us is what? Are you a copy? You know copy, they don't even look good. Have you seen fake Louis Vuitton? It's so tacky. Everybody, original. So you are original, me I'm original. The things you can do by playing your part, I could never do it. Even if I pray, I can't even pray myself into it because it's not my part. So that is when, so when we're baptized into the body, each and every one, we've been giving unique parts. And the Bible tells us, John 14, verse 2, it says, Jesus says, in my father's house, there's many rooms. So there's a lot of room for you, lots of room for me. Right? At the, uh, you see? Many what? Mansions. So there's a mansion with your name, there's a mansion with my own. No, John Penta. Everybody, there's room in God for each and every one of us to flourish. You see, but it's only in the kingdom, it's only in the kingdom of darkness. So like unbelievers, they always, you know, struggling, hustling for the top, uh, climbing the ladder, something, something, something. In the kingdom of God, everybody has their mansion. Everybody has space. Because God, within his body, he's large enough for all of his children. Okay? So we're going to read this last scripture in this um, in this segment in uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 15 to 18, and I'm reading in the message translation. It says, we're not bargaining on the rightful works of others, interfering with their ministries, demanding a place in the sun with them. What we're hoping for is that as your lives grow in faith, you play a part within our expanding work. You see here, play a part within our expanding work. And we'll all still be within the limits God sets as we proclaim the message in countries beyond current. But we have no intention of moving in on what others have done and taking credit for it. If you want to claim credit, claim it for God. What you say about yourself means nothing in God's work. It is what God says about you that makes the difference. 
what God says about you is what makes it different. And you and I have to walk with the consciousness of our identity in Christ because that's one of the things that takes away low, low self-esteem. Right? I know, I have my parts. Is all my responsibility is to abide. Right? Because God, in the kingdom, we're given responsibilities. It's not a, you know, just smooth sailing. Right? So, what is our responsibility? Is staying in the relationship, abiding, deepening our relationship with God. Right? And through that, now we, we just, fruitfulness just exudes from us. All right? So it is what God says about us that matters. We don't reduce Christ to what we are. He raises us up to what he is. That's the real upgrade. Living in the body of Christ, that's the upgraded life. That's the real upgrade. You know when they say, oh, welcome to the good life? Well, in Christ, that's the good life. That is the good life. Every other life is just copy, copy. Okay? In Christ is the good life. All right. So the second one, water baptism. So water baptism is, an, is, an, is another type of baptism which, you know, most of us are acquainted with. Um, there are many evidence of water baptism in the Bible. Um, but one thing that I've seen is that it, it follows a process, if I can put it that way. So you first have to believe, so give your life to Jesus, then you get baptized. Okay? You can't just go into the water and just, psh, psh. no, it doesn't work like that because you'll just be, I don't know, I can't say swimming because you're not really swimming. But you first have to give your life to Christ before you get baptized. Okay? Um, so yeah, so everywhere that you will see in the Bible, um, believing, you know, the, the Bible will say, oh, and they, and they believe the word, and then they were baptized. So belief will precede baptism, all right? So let's take a look at um, the baptism of Jesus, right? In Matthew 3, verse 13 to 17, I'm reading in TPT, says, then Jesus left Galilee to come to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But when he, but when he waded into the water, John resisted him saying, why are you doing this? I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, and yet you come to be baptized by me. Jesus replied, it's only right to do all that God God requires. So water baptism is not a nice to have, it is a requirement. Okay? Then John baptized Jesus and as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realms opened up over him and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heaven and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky saying, this is my son the beloved, my greatest delight is in him. So we see here that water baptism is not sprinkling. And they just take it's not sprinkling. Okay? It's immersion. Okay? Because when you're immersing yourself in the water and you're coming out, you are identifying with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So that means that everything that you wear before that very moment, it dies in the water and then a new you comes alive. Okay, so like I said, it's not sprinkling, it's immersion. Because the Bible says Jesus rose up out of the water. All right, so it's a form of dedication, it's a form of consecration, right? When you, when you, um, when you get baptized, what you're doing is that you're dedicating yourself to the body, um, to, you're dedicating your body, right, to Christ. You're becoming 
you're, you're identifying with the body of Jesus, right? It's also an outward um, symbol of an inward reality of genuine conversion, okay? Like I said, in the Bible, every time you will see baptism, it will always come after belief, after conversion, right? It's also an open declaration of separation from the world, all right, and that's why here at the Ignite Church we celebrate it so importantly because it's a significant day. This is you saying, hey, you know what? World, bye-bye, I'm now in the body. I'm no longer in the world, okay? So it's not a nice to have. It is a requirement as we saw from the scriptures. It's also, you know, a way that you, that you show that you're actually following the example of Jesus in fulfilling all, all unrighteousness because John told him, he said, like, Jesus, why are you doing that? If anything, you're supposed to be the one baptizing me. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, no, it is only right to do all that God requires. So it's the right thing to do, okay? To get baptized after we have given our life to Jesus Christ. And in Mark 16, verse 16, and I'm reading in the NLT, it says, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So you see here that it's the combination of belief and baptism that leads to full salvation. So if you've, if you've given your life, you know, you, um, you have believed, that's great. Now, if you have not yet been baptized, that's the next step that you need to take. Okay, for for you to for you to enjoy the full um, the full benefits of your of your salvation. So you know, I encourage you stay tuned because that announcement will go. Like I said, you know, we, we take baptism here at the Ignite Church very very seriously. I mean, it's a whole party. People stay. We stream it online. Can we just celebrate the team that works on it? They do such an amazing job. Such an amazing job. The altar ministry team. Um, and it, because it's a significant day, it's, this is you identifying with the sacrifice of Jesus and saying to the world, hasta luego, I'm out, now in the kingdom, okay? So again, if you know, stay tuned, the announcement will go out. All right, so the next one is baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we will continue next week. And to top it off, we have a special guest that will be with us next week. I'm not going to say any more than that. If you come, you're going to see, I encourage you, either you're coming in person or, um, or you know, if you're watching online, just stay tuned because a special guest is coming with special gifts as well. And trust me, you will not be disappointed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, can we give it up to Jesus? Hallelujah. All right. So what I want us to do, we're going to rise to our feet um, and we're going to pray. We can pray, right? Yeah. Church is not just for fellowship and gathering, right? It's, we also pray. Right? The Bible says, you know, my house shall be called a house of prayer and not a den of thieves. So that means that any life that does not have prayer, thieves are operating. Okay. Just thought I will throw it out there. All right, so we saw in the scriptures, right, Ephesians 1 verse 11 to 12 in the message translation, it says it is in Christ that we know what to do, we know what we're doing with our life, we, we find out, so there's a discovery piece, who we are and what we're living for. And like I said, you cannot make my full manifestation of your global destiny if you are not in Christ. 
all right? Like this is not a, oh, you know what, we'll make do, like, no. Like, I mean, you can be coming Sunday after Sunday, you know, saying the declaration, but truly, truly, you're just speaking to yourself because, because you're not registered in heaven. Okay, so this is your opportunity, and please let's not, you know, push it. Oh, maybe you know, I'll do it another time, or so on and so forth. This is one of the most critical decisions that you and I will make. This is what kickstarts the manifestation of our global destiny, and that is why discovery of purpose is one of the foundational pillar of the Ignite Church. Okay, so this is your opportunity. If you've been getting a tug in your heart and you're saying, you know what, I want to be part of the body. I want to come back home. Or if you, or let's say you did it before, and for X or Y reason, life happened, right? You've kind of, it's just not working like that. That's okay. In Christ Jesus, zero condemnation. You can always come back home. Okay, you know, there's your mansion in heaven has your name on it. But God will not give it to you until you're inside the house. Because it says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Okay? So in the God's compound, your mansion is there. But until you are inside and you're growing, he cannot release that to you. Because until, um, until the hair grows up and stops being a child, he's worse than a slave. So this is your opportunity to come back home. Wherever bus stop you are, it does not matter. What matters is the decision that you're going to take this very moment. So either you're in the building, you're online. It's very simple. You can just repeat after me. And because we're a family here at the Ignite Church, right? We're going to say it all together. Okay, we're going to help our brothers out and our sisters out, okay? All right, so let's go. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. And on the third day, you rose, you rose from the dead. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and take away my sin and give me the grace to live a life that is pleasing to you. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate our brothers and sisters that have come back home? Hallelujah. Yeah, the Bible actually says that, you know, when, when a brother and a sister comes back home, there's serious turn up in heaven. Like, there's a whole party going on. So it's a big deal, right? So what I'm going to ask you to do is that on the screen, just text the number, you know, very simple. Just text um, SAVED to that number. And then the amazing team, you know, of your brothers and your sisters and the altar ministry team, they're actually going to follow up with you and, you know, give you some materials free of charge to just help you kickstart or re-kickstart your relationship with Jesus. Amen? Because in the kingdom of God, we don't do life alone, all right? Okay, so the next thing that we're also going to do is um, we are going to pray, okay? So we're going to pray from Colossians 1 verse 9 in the CEV, and it says, We have not stopped praying for you since the first day we heard about you. In fact, we always pray that God will show you everything he wants you to do and that you may have all the wisdom and understanding his spirits give. God wants you and I to, to, God does not want you and I to live in confusion. 
okay? Because it says that God will show you everything he wants you to do so you can walk with accuracy because it is possible. Okay, the Bible said the path of the righteous is ordered by the Lord, all right? So we're going to take this prayer point. Father, show me what you want me to do in this season with regards to either your career, school, relationship, business, whatsoever it is, this scripture is all-encompassing. So let's go ahead and raise our voice to our Father. This, he's a good Father. He's responsible. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, show us what you want us to do in this season with regards to our career, oh God, that we will not be confused, that we will not waste time engaging in careers that you have not called us to do. Father, Lord, oh God, show us what you want us to do, Lord, with regards cards, oh God, to our relationship. The relationship that you have called us, oh God, that is not fruitful, it's not going anywhere. Holy Spirit, show us what you want to do. The ones you want us to engage in. Give us the wisdom, Lord, to be able, oh God, Father, to display Father, Lord, oh God, such wisdom in those relationships in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask, oh God, concerning our school, give us the wisdom. Show us how you want us to plan our day, to maximize every moment, Lord. Show us who we need to get in contact with at school to maximize our time, that there will be no delay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask, Lord, that even concerning the next step, oh God, Father, even in our life, in our ministry, in our businesses, Father, show us what to do. You said the path of the righteous is like the shining light. It shines, it shines brighter and brighter, even unto the perfect day. You say, well, we hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Father, show us what to do, that we will take guesswork completely out of the picture. It is not your will for us, oh God, to be in darkness. You said anyone, oh God, that walks in you, Father, they will not walk in darkness. Father, shed your light. What is it that you want us to do so we can magnify, so that we can, we, can, we can enjoy this season. Lord, oh God, help us, oh God. Order our steps, oh God. Father, give us wisdom. Give us understanding. Make us like the sons of Issachar. The Bible says they had understanding of times and season and they knew the right course of action to take. Father, show us what to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, that we will not be confused. Father, we will not guesswork. We will not do trial and error. We will not waste time, oh God. Your word says there are places that we ought to be going to. Lord, order our steps in your ways in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, oh God, we are asking you a good father. Lord, oh God, you will not let your children waste time. Father, please show us what to do in this season. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Father, for this word. Thank you, Father, Lord, oh God, because you are a good father. You said no good thing would you withhold from us, oh God. It is your will that we be in the body and that we, meet, that we remain in your, in your body. It is your will, oh God, that even from the point that we believe, oh God, that we, that we move into water baptism. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that everything that you have called us to do in this season, please show it to us during this week in the name of Jesus. Through your word, oh God, Father, through conversations with people, whichever way you please, Lord, but Father, Lord, one thing we are 
uncertain. You said your sheep, they hear your voice, oh God. Father, they will not, we will not follow after strangers in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, you said that we will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it, my son, walk in it, my daughter. Father, that will be our testimony in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you once again. Please take all the glory in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Come on, if you're excited, if you're grateful for this word to the glory of God, come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do better than that. Celebrate God. Hallelujah.